Welcome to Hometown Paranormal, where everything is fake and nothing is real, but every hometown gets its own paranormal story. My name is Kristen Kozlowski. I'm the creator of this podcast, and for every episode, I will make up a strange paranormal story set in an actual place and tell it to you. Thank you for tuning in and for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map. Today's episode is The Butterflies of Monument, Colorado. When Emmerie moved to Monument, Colorado, she was nine years old and nervous. Emery had never been to Colorado before. She'd never seen the mountains before. She'd never left the state of Indiana, where she'd been born. Her parents flew to Colorado a few times in the few weeks leading up to the move, finding a new home to live in after Emery's mom transferred there for work. But they'd always left Emery with her grandma while they traveled to Colorado. When Emery hugged her grandma goodbye and climbed into her parents' car, which was stuffed full of duffel bags and moving boxes, she felt her stomach tighten. And when the car passed the sign on the highway that told Emery that she was leaving the state, her stomach tightened some more. Emery's mom suggested that Emery lay her head on the pillow that her mom had placed against a row of moving boxes on the back seat next to Emery so that she could rest during the long car ride. And Emery did lay her head down on the soft pillow with the butterfly pillowcase, but she did not go to sleep. She could not go to sleep. Her stomach was too tight and her head was filled with too many questions. Questions like, what does our new house look like? What does my new school look like? What are the kids in Colorado like? Are they like the kids in Indiana, the ones who play tag in the yards and ride bikes down the streets and eat ice cream from the short pink truck that drives through the neighborhood? Out the window of the car, Scenery passed as Emery wondered what her new life in Monument would bring. The morning turned to afternoon, turned to evening, and soon the only thing Emery saw out of the car window were the headlights of other cars who passed by going to other places. The car ride was very long and even her questions couldn't keep her awake forever. And so eventually, Emery fell asleep. When her parents stared their car into the driveway of their new home, it was very late. And even though Emery stirred when her parents stopped the car and opened the doors and gently pulled Emery from her spot in the crowded back seat, she, she did not wake. And although she stirred when her parents carried her through the door to her new home and up the stairs to her new room and into her new bed, she did not wake. 
Emery did not wake until the morning. With the sun shining through the window to her new bedroom, Emery sat up, confused as to where she was, until she remembered the long car drive the day before, and she realized that she was in her new room, in her new home, in a new state. And Emery felt her stomach tighten again. Today was Sunday, and Emery always had breakfast with her parents on Sunday mornings. And today was no different. And that maybe made Emery's stomach feel a tiny bit better, but not much. And after breakfast, her parents went to the garage to unpack all of the boxes that the movers had delivered the week before. And so Emery followed, but she didn't really feel like unpacking boxes. And so she sat by herself on the sidewalk in front of her house. And she looked up and down the long street that she now lived on. The long street was lined with tall brick houses and long driveways. And sitting in the driveway directly across from her was a skinny boy with a fat plastic tank sitting on his lap. The boy didn't notice Emery. He was too busy looking at what was inside the plastic tank on his lap. And so Emery stood up and ignoring the tight feeling in her stomach, she crossed the street and stood next to the boy. What you looking at? She asked, peering into the tank. She couldn't see anything but some sticks and some leaves zigzagging across the tank. The boy looked at her with his mouth open like he was either surprised that she was standing there or surprised that she didn't know what he was looking at. A chrysalis, the skinny boy said. Four, actually. They're going to turn into monarch butterflies soon, and then I'm going to let them go. Well, Emery loved butterflies, and so she knelt down next to the boy and peered into the plastic tank, just like he did. And the boy pointed to four points along some tree branches where four green ovals hung. The boy told Emery that it'd take about two weeks for the caterpillars to change into butterflies inside each chrysalis. He told her that he knew the butterflies weren't ready yet because the chrysalis was still green. When they get close to hatching, it'll become dark and see-through, and then we'll know they're ready the boy said. Emery felt the tightness in her stomach loosen just a little. She loved butterflies, but she'd never seen any hatch before. She thought that maybe if this boy loved butterflies too, then it was a sign, a sign that they would be best friends. And Emery was right. 
The boy, whose name was Harrison, liked much of the same things that Emery liked. He liked to ride his bicycle super fast, and he liked to climb the trees in their backyards. And he liked to eat ice cream from the ice cream truck, only his ice cream truck was white and not pink like the one Emery was used to. And when the bright monarchs emerged from their chrysalises two weeks later, Harrison and Emery watched them shake off their beautiful wings and flutter about the plastic tank. It was true. Harrison liked butterflies as much as Emery. The two watched the butterflies until it was time to set them free. Because, Harrison said, you should never keep something with wings from flying. By the time they released the four butterflies into the world, Harrison had already become the best friend Emery ever had. And the tightness in Emery's stomach loosened for good. The two friends became inseparable. And they stayed inseparable. They walked to school together every morning and they walked home together every afternoon. They explored the world on their bikes together and ate sandwiches together and went everywhere together for three beautiful years. Until one day, Harrison knocked on Emery's door with bad news. Harrison was moving. His dad had changed jobs and Harrison had to move to California. When she heard this, Emery immediately felt her stomach tighten and she sat down and cried at the thought of losing her best friend. Harrison tried his best to comfort his friend, but in truth, he was just as upset as she was. He didn't want to move and he didn't want to leave his home and most of all, he didn't want to leave Emery, who had been his best friend for so long. But there was nothing that either of them could do, and so Emery helped Harrison pack up his room and his bicycle and the plastic tank where they had watched the butterflies hatch when they first met. At the end of Harrison's driveway, Emery hugged her friend and said goodbye and promised him that she would never forget him and she would make her parents take her to his new home to visit. And Harrison promised that he would never forget her and that he'd find a way to be close to her even when he wasn't. And then Harrison folded himself into the back seat of his family's car, just like Emery had done three years prior. And Emery watched as the car drove away. After Harrison left, life did what life does. It moved on. And so Emery walked to school every morning and she walked home every afternoon. She ate breakfast with her parents every Sunday morning and she rode her bicycle up and down the streets of her neighborhood. But she still felt a tightness in her stomach 
and she still felt an aching in her heart. And she still felt immensely sad at having to do everything without her best friend by her side. Emery's parents promised her that as soon as school let out, they would take her to California to see Harrison. But even that didn't seem enough. Emery didn't want to wait that long. She wanted to see her best friend now. She didn't like feeling the tightness in her stomach, but most of all, she didn't like feeling all alone. One Saturday, soon after that, Emery was sitting alone on the sidewalk in front of her house, and she was wishing very much that Harrison could be there with her and that they could be exploring the world together again when she heard a strange sound. It sounded like a rush of wind, like a gathering. It sounded like a distant train, although there were no distant trains that could be heard in her neighborhood. And slowly the sky grew dark and the sun was blocked by something that Emery couldn't describe. Then suddenly, something began to fall from the sky. Not just one something, but many somethings. Small dark objects began raining down around Emery, speckling the street and the driveways and the yards it began so quickly that Emery didn't have time to run. She just sat there with her hands covering her head, getting rained on by these things. She could hear them rain down around her, whizzing past her with a rush of air so fast that it sounded as if she were in a windstorm. Then, just as quickly as it had started, the raining stopped. Around her, the world was quiet again. Slowly, Emery removed her arms from over her head and looked around. Speckling the grass and the sidewalk and the street were hundreds and hundreds of insects. But they weren't just any insects, they were butterflies. Carefully, the butterflies righted themselves on their tiny feet, and one by one, they shook out their wings, just like the monarchs that Emery and Harrison had watched three years ago. But these butterflies weren't just monarchs. They were blue swallowtails and black swallowtails. They were silver-spotted skippers and hackberry emperors. They were orange and white and blue and black. They were striped. They were spotted. They were solid. But most of all, they were beautiful. Every single one of them. Then, as if on cue, as if every insect was obeying a singular, invisible force, 
they all fluttered their wings and rose into the air. They flew up as if they were one, as if they were being guided by something that Emery couldn't see. And together, they flew as a group, circling around Emery like a dust devil. They swirled around her, some of them landing on her shoulders and arms, some of them landing on the ground in front of her, spreading their wings so she could admire their beauty. The air around Emery felt full of static as the butterflies created rainbows of colors swirling around her. And all that Emery could think was that the world in that moment felt full of magic. Emery sat like that for a long time, watching the gentle butterflies dance around her. It may have been a few minutes or a few hours. Emery couldn't be sure. But eventually, the butterflies began to leave. It was, as, it was as if they remembered that they had somewhere else to be. And one by one, they flew off, each going in its own direction. And Emery couldn't say where the butterflies came from, and she couldn't say where they went to. But she was glad that, for a little while, they shared space with her. Eventually, all of the butterflies were gone, except for one, a wide orange monarch that stood on the ground right in front of Emery. Emery and the last monarch sat next to each other for a long time, enjoying each other's company. And in that moment, Emery thought of Harrison. She couldn't help but feel like he was there too, sitting with her. And as soon as Emery thought that thought, the butterfly fluttered its bright wings and rose into the air. It hovered right in front of Emery for a while, and then it flew off slowly, landing in the sharp bushes lining Harrison's old house, where it stayed until Emery's parents called her inside for supper. That's it for this episode of Hometown Paranormal. If you like today's story, please subscribe to my podcast and tell a friend about it. I would like to give a very special thank you to one of my favorite people, Frankie, for nominating Monument Colorado for its own paranormal story. If, like Frankie, you'd like your hometown to be featured on Hometown Paranormal, you can send me a message on Instagram at hometown.paranormal. I can't wait to see where your suggestions take us next. I also wanted to say that today's story was inspired by something I read in a library book that my son brought home last month. It's titled Mysteries of the Cosmic Joker and it's written by Katherine Walker. It's part of a series called Unsolved, and it's published by 
Crabtree Publishing Company, in case anyone is interested in reading the book. So in Mysteries of the Cosmic Joker, Catherine Walker writes about many unexplained instances where things other than water rain down to Earth. She talks about things like fish, eggs, stones, hazelnuts, and even peaches. It's a great book if anyone is interested. It's junior fiction, so it's good for kids, and it is filled with a lot of pictures. And it even includes one photo of a couple of kids in the 1970s, and they're holding whole unbroken eggs that rained down on them one afternoon in England. So be sure to check it out if you're interested in the truer side of the paranormal. I also want you to be the first to know about Ghosttober. For the month of October, Hometown Paranormal will be featuring all ghost stories all the time. So every episode for the month of Ghosttober will have its own paranormal ghost story. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on those. I upload a new story every other Thursday. And that does it for today. Thank you for listening. And again, thank you very much for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map.